Welcome to Safety Chats. Host Jason Stark, Director of Safety at Baldwin Safety and Compliance, shares decades of aviation experience and a passion for safety. Let's get started with this week's Safety Chat. Hey y'all, welcome to the Baldwin Safety Chat. And right now, I only have three words for you. Happy New Year. And you're probably sitting there thinking, wow, that's really bizarre. It is like June. Happy New Year. The guy must be drinking some of the New Year juice. Well, actually, I just want to say Happy New Year because what's usually associated with New Year's is usually you have these campaigns, personal campaigns, if you will, resolutions, as they're called, where people set out to do things, where they set out to create goals, and they create goals for themselves, whether it's around health or financial. And being six months or so into this year, I think it's a good time that we kind of revisit the fact, how is our organization doing in terms of establishing objectives? How are we doing? Have you guys got any? Have you done any? Have you accomplished any? And so it's a good time in the year, six months in, to say, where are we at? And where do we want to go? And that's kind of what objectives do. And that's why I really wanted to take a moment to talk about them again at this point. For an organization to define objectives is so incredibly important because it shows what the organization is doing to hopefully improve. We see no slogans out there. We strive for zero accidents. Um, We strive for zero mishaps. We are accident averse. You know, whatever, whatever the statement they have, that's not really encapsulating what the organization is going to do. That's that's like, yeah, sure, that'd be great. Um, is it possible? Probably not. And to say we strive doesn't really give me a warm fuzzy that we're rolling up our sleeves and doing work to improve things. We need to be very clear and succinct about the fact that we as an organization want to do something to improve safety. Now, we've had discussions about objectives in the past, and, and I, I really kind of like the idea of objectives because objectives, like I said, you know, IKO defines them all high-level statements that show management's intent to improve, yada, yada, so on and so forth. But the objectives, they are statements that say what your organization is going to do. And then furthermore, the measurement associated with that objective shows where the organization is in reference to what they want to accomplish. Generally speaking, those objectives should be something that, uh, as I always like to say, moves the needle on safety, something that really improves safety within the organization. And we can get back into the definition of safety. Safety, you know, one of safety one, safety two, safety one being, you know, uh, freedom from risk or reduction of risk to what's reasonably acceptable. And then, you know, safety two has this definition that its defense is in depth. And I'm, I'm really broad brushing there. Doesn't matter. The organization is doing something that is helping to ensure everybody goes home. And there's nothing more rewarding than that. So when we write our objectives, you know, you've heard the acronym SMART, you know, they're specific, measurable, attainable. For R, I say rewarding, and then they're time-bound. So they they have an expiration date when when we're going to do this by. And not to get into the weeds on this, but it's important, especially for those first two, that the objective is specific. The objective is something you can measure. So when you say we want to improve safety. Well, that's pretty vague. I don't even know how you measure that. So we want to be very specific. What is it that you want to do? We need to spell out a certain thing, campaign, tool, whatever it is that we want to implement, create, whatever. We want to spell that out. When we get into the types of objectives again, and I know we've talked about this in the past, but you have these objectives that are aimed at outcomes, 
like you're reducing a certain event or you're increasing a certain activity. And then you have these objectives that are aimed at improving processes and capacity within the organization. Let's say, for example, we want to reduce a certain safety event to less than a given rate by a certain time. Well, just saying that, putting it on a poster and putting the measurements next to it obviously isn't going to impact or influence the measurements, right? Let's just say you have a rash of slip and falls in the hangar by saying that, hey, we're going to reduce the number of slip and falls to less than one in 30 days by the end of the year, just by saying that and then putting the measurements, nothing really has happened. All you're doing is saying, we're going to do this, but as an organization, you really don't have direct control over these outcomes necessarily. You don't have direct control. So what I mean by that is we can't say, okay, in the hangar today, we're going to have exactly 2.5 slip and falls, or we're going to have exactly three in the hangar. And, and, and we can't do that because we can't do that with certainty because of the fact we don't have direct control. Unless, of course, you pay somebody to go out there and intentionally slip three times, but then somebody else could slip and then make it four and that blow it all out of the water. So what we then have to do is decide, well, how are we going to reduce those slips and falls? And when we ask that question, how are we going to reduce this bad thing? Or how are we going to increase this good thing? When we ask that question, we're already stepping into the realm of organizational improvement. We're saying we have something going here. How do we do something to move it more positive? So in the case of slips and falls, it could be you hire a person to constantly wipe down the walkway, whatever it may be. It's something the organization has more direct control over to influence those things it does not. So that's the idea. It's hoping to do these things to positively influence the outcomes. So I kind of want to talk about that side of the equation is these things that influence. They are sometimes referred to as process-based objectives because they're aimed at improving processes or changing the process within the organization versus the outcome. What I really like about these, and, and I don't think they're leveraged enough, especially publicly, but what I like about these is that they're direct statements on how the organization is going to improve, how they're either going to build capacity, safety capacity within the organization, such as you know creating more defenses in depth, or whether it's about creating the awareness, uh, which again could create increased capacity of safety in the organization. But these are things that the organization is actually going to roll their sleeves up and do. So again, when we address an outcome, when we say we want to reduce the number of misfuelings on the line, that doesn't imply the organization is going to do anything. It just says it wants to reduce it. It doesn't say how, it doesn't say what it's going to do. But when we say 100% of the line service corps is going to take NATA safety first training, now that says something. And when we do those process-based objectives, what that generally means is that the organization now is expending resources. If we get a framework under safety policy and objectives, when we talk about leadership, leadership has to commit to the resources needed. And, and that's, that's basically what it's all about. So he has to or she has to commit the resources in order to improve. So when we have these process-based objectives, we'll call them, with these objectives to build capacity or these objectives that the organization has to direct control over, what we're doing is we're saying the organization is actually expending resources to improve safety in the organization so that everybody can go home so that we can protect assets and people and protect our public. And that's a huge deal. When I work with organizations, I see more of the 
outcome-based. And I don't know if that's a function of the industry standards out there. And not saying that those aren't important, but we have to remember that we also have to show, well, what we're going to do about it. So at the six-month point, I say we look at what can we do? What is something we can do as organizations to improve safety? You, you may be doing it, but maybe you haven't formalized it. So maybe some of you are in the process of implementing new software because you want to increase the effectiveness of data capture and analysis in your organization. Maybe some of you are implementing a new fatigue tool. Maybe some of you are sending more people to training. Maybe somebody's, you know, getting safety manager training. Whatever it may be, those are things the organization's doing to improve. And we have to look at it that way. So with that in mind, it's so important that the organization publish that. For example, if you are implementing a new tool or implementing a new policy or process that is directed to improve safety, let the frontline know that. And then furthermore, if it's appropriate, have a measure against that. So if it were the case that you are going to implement like a new fatigue tool, for example, if it's something that can be broken up in stages and to show progress when it's fully implemented from when you first acquired it to it's fully implemented, that is a measurement that you can put next to that objective. We want to fully implement this fatigue tool into operations by, say, August 31st, 2022. And then under each week or month, you show the progress towards that. Now, that, that seems so trivial, I know. But it, it makes a huge difference on the front line. And we've been at these organizations where you may hear around the water cooler, as it were, that my organization's going to do this, or supposedly we're getting this new tool, or supposedly we're getting this new training. And we never really know. But when you can put it out there in public where everybody can see it, this is what we're going to do. One, you're, you're, you're drawing that line in the sand. Two, now people know, your frontline knows, what the organization is going to do to improve safety. And it could be coupled with one of those outcome objectives, or it could just be something you want to just do to generally improve. So if you get the chance at this point in the year, go back and look at the objectives you have and ask, are these, any of these objectives really aimed at improving our capacity for safety or our processes for safety? Now, of course, when you say we want to reduce something of a bad event, yeah, that, that infers improvement because maybe not as many people are, are slipping or getting hurt. But it's not saying what you're doing to make the environment safer so that doesn't happen. So go back and take a look at your objectives and ask the question, do we have those out there? Because let me tell you something, especially when leadership endorses these, when the front lines see that the organization is spending resources on them, that's what it's about, is spending resources on them in order to improve the operational safety environment. Then there's this thing called social exchange where I see the organization doing something for me. I am more likely now to go do something for the organization. And that, that's a great place to be. It's not meant to be manipulative. Is it showing the organization cares about its people? And generally, when you're cared for, it's easier to care back so to speak. So especially now if you write what you're going to do and you're showing progress to it. So it could be just as detrimental if you're saying you're going to do something and then it just lingers up there on the board or the screen or wherever you publish your objective and it never gets done and never gets updated. That's a very bad signal too. So if that's happening, change it <laughs> or say, you know, get rid of it. Say you're not going to do it. But when you say you're going to do something, do it, show the measurements towards it, and you'll see how people will be very inclined 
to give back to the organization. And when we talk about things like safety and citizenship behavior, which we've discussed in other podcasts, that becomes very important to develop those safety citizens. Those safety citizens need to have an inherent motivation in order to improve safety. And when they see the organization is doing for them, they develop this motivation to do back to the organization in a positive way. So that is my pod for this week. So Happy New Year. Take a look at those objectives. See if you need to create some more. Look at those process-based ones, those ones that are meant to improve the environment. Those are the ones that the organization has direct control over to improve processes or, or programs or whatever it may be. Are you doing those? And if you are, document them. Put them out there for everybody to see. And let them know that you as an organization, you do care. So thank you so much for listening. But always appreciate when you listen. Give us any remarks that you have. Thank you and stay safe. This podcast is brought to you by Baldwin Safety and Compliance, the leader in safety management for the transportation industry. Since 2004, Baldwin has been providing state-of-the-art solutions and 24-7 support to the aviation and transportation industries. Baldwin's clients include all sizes and types of transportation operators. Baldwin provides safety and related business services to commercial and non-commercial transportation operators, medical transporters, FBOs, MROs, airports, flight schools, UAS operators, firefighters, OEMs, ground transport operators, and others. Visit baldwinsms.com to discover how Baldwin can enhance your organization's safety program. 